Hello and welcome to EG's Voice of the Region with me, Jim Larkin. Uh, as usual, it's a guided tour of a particular region of the UK with an agent flying high in its radius on demand rankings acting as our local expert. Uh, and this time we're going to delve deep into the world of offices. Uh, now, knowing what we know now, we look back and laugh at predictions made in the early days of lockdown that the office's days are numbered, uh, but the environment is undoubtedly very different. Uh, so what would it be like to be a regional office specialist that launched post-lockdown and is finding its feet in an uncertain new era when the exact role of the office is still being defined and with all sorts of economic pressures bearing down on potential occupiers? To answer that, I'm pleased to be joined by Michael Downey, who last year launched Parker Knights, which specialises in office transactions in Newcastle and the wider northeast region. He's here to talk about exactly what occupiers want from an office in 2023 and where the hotspots of activity are in the northeast. And crucially, <laughs> the extent to which it's possible for a Sunderland fan to be excited about the current good fortunes of Newcastle United. Michael, hello, how are you? Good, Jim, thanks. Right, mm. um, first of all, just because I think you're quite a new company, can you just introduce Parker Knights to listeners? Um, I think you set it up a year ago, um, but what was your background before then? And where did the spark come from that made you think, you know, right, now's the time to go it alone? Yeah, no problem. So just to give you a, a bit of an overview. So Parker Knights was launched uh, on September last year. Okay. So we've been going for around nine months now. Um, originally before that, I was previously at Sanderson Weatherall and before that I was at Lambert Smithhampton and I've been doing office agency more specifically for about 10 years, nine years, roughly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, over time, I, I soon established that I wanted to take a bit of risk in, in my life and, uh, wanted to give it a go myself. So I got to a certain point in my career, I was young enough to, to, to give it a, a shot and, uh, so far, so good. Um, obviously, just come up to a year in, and uh, it's going well. And how would, how would, I would like it to go. So yeah, just got to take take it step by step. Sure. Okay. Um, and where did the name Parker Knights come from? I was walking down uh, Parker Avenue, and uh, I, I just like the name Parker. So right. after speaking after speaking to him, yeah, a marketing agency which we use down south, it came up with different combinations, different names. The key part to it was not making the company sound like a, a one-man band. Mm. It wanted to be, uh, it wanted to sound as though it was a well-established company whereby if I have certain listings on the on the market, whether it be on different advertising portals, that an occupier would have confidence in clicking into Parker Nights as a lead, as an inquiry. Um, if it sounded small-scale on some of my bigger instructions, I don't think it would give occupiers the confidence to click in and that's the that's the agent they want to use and pursue their let you know sale opportunity through so that was the that was the reason behind it he wanted and he wanted to sorry i wanted to sound bigger than it actually was um but yeah that's that was the aim and hopefully so far it seems to have worked we've just got to take it forward from here stuff okay um now as an office specialist um you clearly have a lot of faith in in the future of the office um, but it wasn't that long ago that you know people were talking about all oh, the office is dead etc which seems kind of foolish now um but why do you think offices remain essential and what do you think the future of the sector looks like compared to you know the pre-lockdown days yes so just from first and foremost it was funny people were asking me obviously you're launching a business of this on the back of effectively a global pandemic and and i think the the confidence i got from launching an office specialist business in the northeast was 
if we if the office market was was ticking over or resilient enough to survive COVID nineteen, then ultimately, then going forward, anything that comes across my desk, we should be able to to survive enough and to 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 um be resilient enough to to stay alive and, and kick in and, and push forward. So that was um to have comfort and to come through the the global pandemic and still come up the other side and 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 push push on was 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 pleasing so it did give me confidence to launch it on that basis and then um yeah so it's it's funny pre-covid post-covid um total two total separate and completely different worlds um it, it's such a broad question that and there's so many different areas you could talk about but i think if you just summarize the main context and the main content for it would be effectively a different changing uh, environment for occupiers to work within. So mm. going from a, a very sterile fixed desk environment to a to a fluid hybrid working model of which a lot of occupiers are adopting. Obviously very sector dependent and occupier dependent on what level of flexibility they offer and what mm -hmm. type of space they'll have and what size of space and what density. But it's the, the 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 core values are very much the same and consistent throughout uh, the market. And uh, yeah, it's, it's almost accelerated the process of global pandemic, sure. and it's been it's been it's been interesting to see. And it's kept the it's kept the market ticking over, albeit deal sizes might be slightly different and might be di different by nature. Things are still happening, and the market's still moving. So yeah, um, all positive. Okay. Um, now, I mean, you launched at a time when I guess the sector was having a bit of a kind of post-lockdown bounce back. Uh, but then, you know, Liz Trust came along and worked her magic, such as it was. And then 2023 arrived and, you know, we're now fighting against some pretty severe economic headwinds in terms of, you know, interest rates and inflation. Um, kind of over the course of that year, how have activity levels fluctuated? To be honest, it totally depends on um, whether you've been looking at the city centre or the out-of-town takeover for the northeast. Mm -hmm. The city centre has been strong, been at or above um, average take-up levels for the past five years, whereas the out-of-towns struggle slightly. Um, each quarter has been different, and it's mm -hmm. been different within its own regard. Um, in normally, for example, Q2, which we're in at the minute, you do see a bit of a surge before the, the summer break, mm. but it has been a little bit quiet just in terms of... Uh, leads and inquiries and I don't know if that's the way that the bank holidays have fallen this year um, but yeah it, it totally depends on which which quarter it's been in and also yeah the wider picture has affected certain moments in the in the market but city centre still has been trying to be strong and out of town has suffered slightly but um, that's just the general feel for the northeast at the minute and probably is going to be the same for the next uh, next year or so. Yeah, sure. OK. Um, are there any kind of particular sectors or subsectors that have kind of proved more resilient than others or things have got more difficult? So I would say once again, depends on whether you're talking about the city centre out of town, mm. the city centre, the professional services sector still being strong for Newcastle and the tech sector still being strong. Uh, if you look at the data for the take up over the last year or so, the two sectors which I've just mentioned there would would count for quite a a large percentage um mm. and going forward i don't think that really differs too much so yeah it's it's not bad the market at the minute for the city and uh, i think it will continue in this manner in the short term sure okay um, we kind of touched on this earlier a little bit but um what do people want from an office these days that you know perhaps wasn't a priority 
five years ago? Yeah, it's um, it's you, you hear a, you see a lot of requirements coming out at the minute that are saying the same messages. So, mm. after on behalf of a landlord, you're trying to position an asset to give it to own identity and put itself ahead of all the competition in the town, mm. and capture those requirements that are coming forward. So, a key part of the requirements at the minute is uh, sustainability, with a mm. requirement for a minimum EPC rating of B, or on some occasions A new build only um there are a number of different schemes coming forward at the minute that are trying to tick esg boxes which do does cover environmental does cover that section um we're also looking at buildings whereby we can offer just more than a floor plate and more than a suite and creating an abundance of amenities on site so whether that's creating a section of the building whereby it's accessible via the reception um few thousand square foot of pure amenity space for occupiers to step away from their desk and go down and use it and collaborate with other occupiers in the building. Book a meeting room facility, use the free coffee machine, anything that gives you that bit of a um, feeling that it's not just a workplace. It's an environment yeah. you want to go in the day and day out. And it's it's an also a reason for occupiers to try and choose the, the best quality space to, to enhance their staff to 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 get back in the office yeah I mean, I guess the, yeah sorry um yeah because offices kind of they're sort of starting to resemble home environments but much more than they used to so you kind of you know it's not just rows and rows of desks correct yeah and it's um the majority of requirements at the minute are looking for example what we've just spoke about that there's rarely a requirement that comes across the desk which is a cost sensitive requirement looking at rent rate service charge only and just once four walls and a roof mm. if if you if, if you're a landlord in town you need to be looking at these key initiatives in order to position your asset to give it the best chance and opportunity to let if you're not doing that then unfortunately there's not the requirements there for it at the minute occupiers mm-hmm. will appear though if you do do the right product mm-hmm. they look at the big, bigger picture rather than cost saving and, and and do pay for the right product so yeah it's um Hopefully, there is the return there for the investment that you put into an asset now. Sure. Okay. Um, now, kind of as tough as the you know outlook looks, um, you're doing pretty well. Um, you're kind of top. You're the top leading uh, uh, regional specialist uh, for offices both in Newcastle and the kind of wider northeast region. Uh, what do you put that down to? Um, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's just ensuring every client I act on behalf puts the building in the best possible position to attract the occupiers that we want to attract. If we do do that and we do, whether it's listening to my instructions or my advice, it's, it's the landlord actually spending the capital. So if they do do that, then we've got a great opportunity. Um, it's just knowing what occupiers want. If you know what occupiers want, we can position the building correctly. So yeah, it's it's in, it's it's effectively allowing us to um, to give give us the best opportunity to, to going forward and, and securing tenants. Unfortunately, my clients have been able to do that and we've had a good run uh, and long may this continue. So, yeah, it's been a strong start of the year and uh, plenty more in the pipeline, plenty more lettings in the pipeline as well. So we're hopeful of a strong finish as well. Good stuff. OK. Um... Kind of a lot of agents I talk to around the country, they say, you know, the size of the office deals they're doing is coming right down. Um, are you finding that as well? Yeah, it's obviously very sector dependent and, mm. and, and depends on which occupiers you're speaking to. But there's a lot of occupiers in the city whereby 
uh, we're moving people around, whether it's within their own building or with a, whether it's going from one building to another. It's to do that to change from a lease which they signed pre-COVID to post-COVID. And they may be going from 7,000 to 4,000 or 4,000 to 2,000. Adopting a hybrid model, limiting the number of desks, but also introducing some further breakout in communal space, sorry, breakout in social space. Um, but yeah, the trend is um, it's quite common to see occupiers just downsizing slightly. There are occupiers who are taking the same amount of space, but changing their, um, their fit out slightly. So mm -hmm. instead of going from one desk per person, maybe adopting a hybrid model, but also in the space that they were going to forgive and give up, just including more amenity space and enticing yeah, the staff to come back into the workplace. So it just totally depends on the occupiers and what their um, their business objectives are. But it mix it is it's a complete mix. But yeah, you do see a strong trend of downsizing, but you also see a, a certain occupiers still taking the same amount of space. Sure. OK. Um, and do you have to be kind of more generous with incentives these days? I mean, are people asking for longer rent freeze? There was a slight, um, slight increase in incentives offered straight up to uh, sorry, coming out of the global pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. Following that, it was probably a three to six month period where you just give a little bit more than what you'd usually offer. Mm. Since then, over, over the last 12 months or 18 months or so, it's um, it's been back to pre-COVID levels and headline rents have continued to rise. So we are where we are now, really. 10-year lease with a five-year break is pretty much at nine months rent free. May yeah. give a little bit more depending on 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 occupiers, etc. So yeah, there was only a slight increase post-COVID, but we're now back to pre-COVID levels. Good stuff. Okay. Um, now, um, I kind of yeah, would assume your core territory is Newcastle City Centre, but where else across the northeast do you kind of tend to see clusters of activity? Because the northeast is a huge region. Yes. Yeah, so obviously, a lot of the core instructions are in the city, but we still deal with major out-of-town business parks mm -hmm. across the northeast. Um, the out-of-town market shifted slightly. Um, these, there's not really an abundance of. Uh, of requirements now seeking large floor plates, 10, 20,000 square foot requirements. And they're not queuing up for space in the out-of-town business parks like they used to. So now mm. the town assets are having to think differently. Um, I mean, it is a key thing for out-of-town business parks. So you can offer, if you can offer a building whereby you've got some element of smaller suites and amenity space to complement the larger floor plates elsewhere in the building, create a community vibe and that's where a lot of the attractions coming from out of town occupiers if they wanted to be part of a multi-occupied building they want more than just traditional floor plate so to say they want to feel like they're part of a, a wider picture on site mm -hmm. um, and they're the only really there's, there's a few examples in the out of town market and a few examples of buildings that are doing well and they're doing pretty much what i've just mentioned there in terms of offering more than just a, an office space um, sure. But yeah, that's where the market time market shifted. Obviously, the difficult thing is difficult thing is there's a lot of capex in order to spend and and um, and change a building to offer that. And the out of town markets aren't the same as what the city centre markets are. Um, so uh, in terms of rent, so it's it's it is difficult to make it make it stack up. But if you do nothing, it's a very difficult let. Yeah, indeed. Okay. Um, are call centres still 
a big thing in the northeast um and you know to what extent are people who work in them kind of return to the office yes um albeit we've seen a number of examples in the northeast where even call centers are starting to consolidate mm. um there's a major i'm not mentioning the building i'm dealing with at the minute but it's a major occupier across two buildings and a major out-of-town business park and they're coming out of one of them and just consolidating into um the other and taking a cheap deal um sure. there's another occupier who um we're aware of who were we're going from traditional call centre building of which is a cheaper rent and moving to a new riverside um a new sorry a new grade a, a new build scheme so it, it just shows you even call centres are perhaps now starting to differ and willing to pay that premium rent to uh, to seek premium space um so there that's existence call centre operators in the northeast in terms of call centre requirements coming forward we've seen very few um being circulated throughout the entire northeast region over the last 12 to 18 months um sure. but yeah there's a number of buildings who are hoping to capture call centre requirements but unfortunately they're just not there as much anymore Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Um, kind of more broadly then, I mean, how much development is going on across the region right now? I mean, I'd imagine that with, you know, the cost of building materials and the cost of borrowing, um, it's probably not a kind of festival of spec development at the moment. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'll just go through a couple of different areas within the northeast. Mm -hmm. So Newcastle City Centre starting to come towards its end now in terms of greens in the sky and um, development going forward. And houses uh, on Pilgrim Street is the last of the the new build offer schemes to come forward, which is um, just reaching PC as we speak. Um, going forward in the city, there's a couple of pre-let schemes available, which may come forward if there's a prior commitment from an occupier, whether it's an occupier in the region or so on, as an, uh, from an inward investment point of view, coming into Newcastle. Um, but no schemes on the horizon to come forward in the immediate future. Other cities, uh, Sunderland, are... Uh, have really encapsulated, um, uh, sorry, have really um, hit the sweet spot in terms of bringing forward a site, which is the old Vaux Brewery site on the edge of Sunland City Centre. And um, it's coming to fruition now, and uh, it's, it's impressive what's happening down Sunland. The first of the office buildings, which was built, uh, is the Beam, which is pretty much fully let now. And, I've seen pictures, um, it looks amazing. Yes, it was the initial um, first build on site and it's really kicked off the process. Following that, the City Hall of Sunland Council's on site and um, completed and occupied now. Along with that, obviously, you've got the two schemes, uh, new build schemes in front of the City Hall, which are on site at the minute, completion over the next nine to 12 months or so, which just gives us... Uh, someone has an identity, um, something offer that previously hasn't. New builds grade A, whereas previously, if there was an inward investment requirement for the northeast, someone couldn't really offer that other than housing occupiers at Doxford Park or some other alternatives. Um, there's the product to to offer now, and hopefully, will 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 bring occupiers to the city, which is only good for the city, and. Um, and, and good for going forward. So yeah, someone's someone's on the right track. Development on site and coming forward, along with a wider picture for the Southern Riverside scheme. And then, uh, but yeah, 
there's obviously been um, other developments in other parts of the northeast. Sunderland, uh, sorry, Durham, Milburn Gate site, which is a mixed use site uh, in Durham, offering like a residential office, new build, really office scheme, leisure. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of opportunities in the northeast. And there's plenty of different options for occupiers if they're wanting to move to the northeast, and uh, all positive. Sure. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe there was a time when people thought, you know, if they had needed a headquarters or a base in the northeast, they had to get a Newcastle. But now they've kind of seems like they've got options beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, if 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 the requirement and demographic suit to be in elsewhere other than Newcastle, if someone suits better or Durham suits better, there's the options now. Whereas previously Newcastle was pretty much the only option if they want a new build. So there's a there's a there's a few options in the northeast, and uh, it's a good. It's a good, um, a, a solid amount of choice for a tenant fan. Yeah, sure. OK. Um, now, um, as a Sunderland fan, um, I know you probably mm -hmm. might not want to dwell too heavily on this, um, but we need to talk about Newcastle United. Um, you know, they're now the richest <laughs> club in the world and they've secured yeah. Champions League football for the city, which is kind of a big deal. Um, how much of a boost do you think that could be in terms of the extra profile and status it gives the city? Yeah, it was, it's it's I'm sorry, it's funny that you've uh, you mentioned Newcastle. I thought you were going to, but um, <laughs> I think obviously just the, the the bigger picture. I am a Sunderland fan, and uh, season ticket holder, and uh, albeit there is a rivalry. I work in Newcastle. I'd like to see the city do well. Mm -hmm. Really interested in, in in the investment being put into the city, and uh, it's all positive and all, all everything that's that's going on is obviously really good for the city. Champions League only adds onto uh, the momentum that's been building so far and sky's the limit but as a southern fan i don't really want to see them win the champions league <laughs> give them a teaser for it do you think it's gonna have much impact in terms of like you know development of properties around the stadium i'm kind of thinking of the example of manchester city um you know their owners came along and completely transformed that whole swathe of you know east manchester um do you think there's potential for something similar to happen i mean yeah, i guess yeah there's certainly conversations going on they've, they've obviously acquired the uh, strawberry lane um metro station site of which i believe there's a fan park going on there which okay. is ultimately probably the, the the first step in the process um there's more i speak to a number of former colleagues who are more involved in the uh, in, in in dealing with representations from the the club and the owners? And I do hear that there's a lot of talk going on about buying certain assets in the city or investment in certain assets. It's all positive, and you can see sure. from the initial purchasing of the Strawberry Lane site for the fans uh, for the the fans own only more to come from them. I could imagine. Um, yeah. Okay, all good news, all good stuff. Um, okay, now what are the kind of medium to long-term ambitions with Parker Knights? Um, you know, do you want to kind of keep things on the current level or are you looking to grow staff numbers, possibly diversify into other sectors, etc.? The Yeah, so the, the initial plan was to obviously launch the company 1st of September last year. As we come up to the first anniversary, um, the aim is to hire uh, one person. Mm -hmm. which is going to be over the next couple of months. And that individual will be hopefully um, assisting and, sorry, 
focusing primarily on office agency, whether that's more tenant-led than landlord-led, but it will be pr primarily office occupational agency. Um, yep. There will be the, the 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 brand in the Parker Knight name is is an office specialist that will remain the same, mm -hmm. i.e. website all focused around purely um, office-led schemes, albeit I would not restrict whoever was coming in if they wanted to potentially venture into investment sales. There's an opportunity to expand the website to potentially include investment. Mm -hmm. As you would imagine, offers and investment go together. But I don't. it's not something that I'll be going down the line of spreading the the website is far enough as going down and letting retail units, industrial units, et cetera. The next step is hiring the correct person and then potentially opening it up to an investment side of the, the website. Going forward from that, it's a business whereby it, is, it, it has its niche. The clients invested in me as a person, hence why they've instructed me, and I do not want to being diluted enough whereby I'm not there anymore. So I'll still be heading the entire process up. There's potentially room for three people, I would imagine, in total in the longer term game to specialise in purely offices in Newcastle and the Northeast. Um, I don't think there's any more really any more room than beyond three just purely focused on offices slash investment. So beyond that, it's a long way away, but in an ideal scenario, I'd, I'm one not not to just sit down and uh, just hold fire and have, live a comfortable life. I, I have obviously bigger plans than that, but probably be outside of Newcastle. Mm. Perhaps Leeds as the next destination, but we're talking obviously a few years down the line. Yeah, sure. The mechanism of that is to be confirmed, but ultimately there are plans potentially to go beyond Newcastle. I don't think Newcastle's a market whereby you could have too many staff. Given mm. there's only a certain amount of office transactions to be had, um, but yeah, there's hopefully we can get to a point now. Whoever comes in, it will be quite a niche team, bespoke to purely offices, and occupier representation and landlord representation. So hopefully it's a niche product. And it's found itself in the market at the minute, um, and hopefully it develops going forward. But I just need to keep me feet on the ground and step by step. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, now, um, a question I always ask, um, if you had a magic wand, uh, what would you do with it that would, you know, really help out the office sector in the northeast? Magic wand? Um, you'd bring, you'd sort of probably bring bill costs down, so you didn't mm -hmm. have to call 35 quid a foot on new bill rents. <laughs> Does that count? Yeah, yeah, it's your magic wand. You can You can use it however you like. Yeah, bring magic wand, bring bill costs down, local <laughs> development come forward, plenty of offers to left, plenty of happy clients. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, and just finally then, I mean, you kind of got signed up to Radius fairly early on with Parker Knights. Um, what are the benefits and how do you find using it? You no, know, I find it um, useful. And probably more just when you submit the deals, the entire process is user-friendly, it's easy to do, doesn't take long at all. And it's actually not too bad just, sparing half an hour to do it every couple of months and it, it does actually remind you of where your deals have been at what occupiers you've been dealing with size rents it refreshes your mind so i don't mind doing it all find it's easy user friendly and 
keeping you guys updated as to what certain companies are doing. So funny enough, just updated some this morning because I thought you would have asked, can you <laughs> can you update a view more? But uh, yeah. All That's good. Have a look after we've been talking. Brilliant. Okay. Um, well, thank you ever so much for your time. That was really interesting. No problem. No problem, Jim. Great stuff. All right. All the best then. Cheers, thanks.